Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. We consider it an honor and a privilege to be able to come across uh, this broadcast and uh, over your radios and however way you listen to us. We're thankful for that. We're thankful for you radio stations who are godly and, and playing this and sharing this with your listeners. You're, you're a great honor to us and especially want to recognize you through this holiday season. What a difference you're making. We hear from people who are uh, here through you radio stations and we're thankful for that. We're thankful that you're dedicated and we, we don't pay a dime to radio stations, any of the radio stations that are airing this, folks. This is just a radio station doing this out of their own pocket and their own time. So support them and love them. And I also want to say during this Christmas season that uh, Debbie and I put out a couple hundred dollars a month to keep this podcast going. If you'd like to help with that, uh, you can just go out there on the woundedspirits.com and give and, and, and select podcast and, or broadcast, and you can help that along, help us get through another year. And uh, God's been good to us. At times, we've been given six or seven months all at once, and I just wanted to tell you that. So uh, with me is my friend, Kevin. Good morning to you, Kevin. Good morning, Doug. How are you? Man, I am great. Thankful. <laughs> Thankful to have another day. We were talking yesterday. We kind of had to cut Kevin off yesterday because we were right at the end of the podcast. So I got to tell you, as a couple old preachers, here's what happens. We have this special thing in our brain that we can't shut off. You know, and we, we think we have passion and sometimes trying to fit thing in, fit things into a specific time frame so it can be used by stations and people in a half an hour segment. So we, we're coming in at two 11-minute segments with some music in the middle. If you're trying to figure out what we're doing out there, uh, we can be between uh, 22 and 23.30 of actual single time. And so the music playing in the middle, the, the uh, radio stations get rid of. Uh, it's just a time that they can work with that. They can fade that in and out real quick. So now you know what's going on. You've, you've been behind the curtain. So Kevin, as we closed yesterday, uh, we were yesterday, we were dealing with the word pain today. We're using our word of the day. Let me say this as, as consulant or biblical consulant for that matter. And we see in Proverbs fifteen twenty two without consul purposes are disappointed in the multitude of counselors. Uh, they are established. And so uh, yesterday, Kevin, as we were rounding through, you were giving us some of your personal experiences. And I didn't want to stop you, but we were right there at that 2145. <laughs> I had about 45 seconds that I could work with to clear, you know, to round down or to bring down the show. So I wanted to come back to you on that and uh, uh, throw this at you. Yeah. You know, pain helps us grow is what we were talking about. And I just started to mention that uh, as, as it is, I'm sure for different people listening that sometimes God allows growth to happen because of some, you know, an, an antagonist comes into the story and, uh, you know, the movie starts out really cool, but man, where did this knucklehead come from that comes in with a, you know, with some beef. And so, you know, it, it happens and it happened to me. And, and so what I noticed is that, <clears throat> that God used it to 
bring me to a level of uh, getting over some stuff that I, I wouldn't have ordinarily felt I had to get over. I, you know, I was, you know, I, I kind of justified some things. I justified some, maybe some grudging in my life as being okay, because, you know, if you're treated like dirt, you know, you're going to, you know, put out some, but God said, no. And let me, and God seemed to say, let me show you how we're going to get over this. I'm going to turn up the heat. And boy, I just praise God. I look back and brother Doug, I just praise the Lord that I am a better person because of it. Now on the matter of counseling, I have, I can attribute, I, I, I give the credit to God and I was able to get with my pastor during some of that. And my pastor took a, a higher road than I did. And instead of saying, oh, you poor boy, no one understands you. He said, now what's God trying to do here? Let's, let's look at the big picture and then let's focus on, you know, what, how God's speaking to you. And he pointed me into the scriptures and that godly counsel, because I, I praise God, I, I didn't talk to people with a beef. I talked to people with a Bible and that, and that counsel lifted me out of the grudge and the bitterness that I could have easily gotten into. And I, it really is that way over and over if we want to keep growing. No, I think it is. And uh, it was an honor. Kevin and I actually got to know each other pretty well through a, a trial in Kevin's life. And Kevin's been there next to me through a trial or two in my life. And we, as we go on through these things, we had known each other for a couple decades, maybe longer. Um, but uh, we really got close to each other through some of these things. And that's another thing God does. You know, uh, through his counseling, through listening, you know, doing the right thing. We used this verse yesterday. I want to use it again about biblical counseling and finish explaining the story that I'm talking about. A prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And, and, and what I was trying to say is another thing that God does is when you start trying to be prudent and you, you're not only prudent in your finances, you're not only prudent in your biblical thoughts, you're not only prudent in this, but all of a sudden you become prudent in your relationships and you look at relationships as your future. You look at relationships as a combined effort of being a better human being. And, and I'm telling you, you, we all got friends out there. I have friends and I consider them my friends, but they're, you know, they're not the type of people who are making a huge difference in my life in some cases. And then I have other friends. Wow you know, Kevin among them that I can call up the phone and I can commiserate with Kevin. And Kevin knows that whenever I stop speaking on the phone, it's his turn, you know, because life's hard. And, and I've got a friend that I can tell him things to. I've never lied to him. He tells me things. He's never lied to me. We're in that zone. We're in that friend zone. Yeah. And, and, and it's a biblical consulate zone as well uh, with each other. You know, it's like, I'm not biblical counsel on Kevin. Kevin's not biblical counsel on me, but we're doing it. We're in the zone yep. uh, because we want to be prudent with our relationships and our future. And I've realized that Kevin fits in my future. He's not going to hurt me. He's trying to do the things God would have them to have him to do and things of that nature. So I think, folks, as I look at this term, seek biblical counsel as the eighth part of healing 
as we look at this, I think it's really important to understand that when you're prudent, when you're a prudent gentleman or a lady, you're foreseeing evil and you start doing those prudent things where you start thinking about the future. How's this going to work out for my family? How's this relationship going to work out for my, more important, my relationship with God? How's this relationship going to work out? Uh, You know, with all these external things, me being blameless, whatever the case may be, biblical consulate helps you get there. Mm. Amen. You know, um, we, we don't, I think that we don't know the value of, of biblical counseling until we, you know, come to the end of our own, uh, you know, our own st- storehouse of wisdom. But uh, yeah, I was just thinking the children of Israel, when they needed guidance, when they left Egypt, they were headed to the promised land. They had four means of guidance. One was the, the word of God. One was the what I call the wind of God. That's the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, which represents the spirit. And the third thing they had was the wise, you know, the wise sage. And 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 the fourth, the last thing was the, they hit the wall or the circumstances. But so the the word, the wind, the wise, and the wall. But the you know the third down the list. So the Bible is first, and the Holy Spirit applying the scriptures second. But thirdly, there are times we don't know the best way. What in other words, Lord, I have the I have a Bible. I'm reading the Bible but I'm still not getting what I feel like really needs resolved. Why is this happening? And, and the Holy spirit is, is still stirring you. You know, that there's, there's something more, I'm missing something. I have a blind spot maybe. And so we go to that, that third level down and that's counsel, you know, the, the, a wise sage counsel. And, you know, to me, a wise sage counsel is simply someone who has already been, where you need to go. And so you're, you're not asking like, you know, who was it? Um, Rehoboam, you know, asked the young guys what, you know, who didn't have any experience, what do you think? And he ruined the kingdom. They split the the nation of Israel and, you know, but we go to people that have some wisdom. So if, if I'm, if I have a physical problem, I want to talk to an experienced doctor. If I have a spiritual problem, I want to talk to someone, my pastor or whoever, who has experience helping people in this area. And that's to me, the key to counsel is understanding who to, to look for. Uh, and, and brother, just like you said, when I went through some stuff, uh, you know, when I talked to you, I, you know, my thought was my decision maker is not working right now. I'm, I, I need some guidance. I'm not, you know, I've talked and I've counseled many, many people, but I am needing someone who sees a bigger picture. You know, Moses, when he was leading the children of Israel through the wilderness, he said, um, he, he, a couple of times he got a hold of his father-in-law and his brother-in-law, you know, Jethro and, uh, Hobab. And he said, leave us not, I pray thee for as much as thou knowest how we are to encamp in the wilderness and thou mayest be to us instead of eyes. And it shall be that if thou go with us, it shall be that the good, what the goodness of the Lord shall do for us, same we will do unto thee. So he, he remunerated the counselor, you know, with, with some physical blessing, which in other words, it's worth it to pay for counsel sometimes. But I want to tell you that if there's someone who is just needing 
some guidance. In other words, the children of Israel knew they were to go to the promised land, but there were some valleys they had to go through where they probably said, where's the water in this valley? Uh, where are the, you know, where is the den of lions or where is the cockatrice? Yeah, yeah. You know, and so they asked, they, um, yeah, I see we're up against the time, brother. Yeah, we got to. Uh, yeah, they needed help. We got to run to a quick break, a hard break. We'll be right back. Hang with us, folks, and we'll be right back. Yeah, well, we thank you for hanging around with us. We hate when the time just pops in there and goes by so quickly. And, and, and Kevin, I think you were just rounding off at the end of that story. If you'd like to finish up, why don't you go ahead and do that now, dear brother? Yeah, it's just uh, <clears throat> there are times where we know the overall picture of what's right and wrong, and we know don't do this, we know don't do that. But there are circumstances, there are some things that we need someone to say, if I were you, I would not do this right now in your life where you need to know timing. You need to know specific steps to take. You need tips. You need tricks. You know, you, you know, as well as I, that if we're building a house and we don't know how to do it, we kind of know what a house looks like, but we are going to waste a lot of time. We're going to have to redo a lot of things. But if we ask someone, how do you do this? Then they're going to say, Oh, no, no, no. You need to, you know, you cut this corner this way. Here's a miter saw. Um, and that's what council does. You know, it just makes life so much easier. So the, the, the converse is if you're someone that doesn't like anyone to tell you anything, you want to figure it out for yourself, you're going to waste a lot of time. You're going to go down some wrong pieces of the right road. You're going to miss a turn maybe, and, uh, you're going to get yourself into trouble by, you know, not being on the lookout. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's such good advice. And to know folks that we, we have this great God and uh, all these things are intended uh, in our life. These trials, these weaknesses, these things we go through, there's an intent behind it. And the intent is godly and the intent is divine. And it's God saying, I can use those things through you uh, for my glory. And, and folks, somehow when we get to the point where we understand that, as Kevin, Kevin was saying, because sometimes our decision maker is making all the wrong decisions. Sometimes emotions will get the best of us. Sometimes the knuckleheads will get the best of us. And I, I think I've told you guys a hundred times that 50% of the population is knuckleheads. I get that. I agree with that. They're knuckleheads. There are knuckleheads out there. But I'm, you know, all of them are loved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, 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 mm. and man, when we go through times when God can use those, when we can pick up the phone and someone can say, hey, Doug, your decision maker's off right now. Why don't we go at it from this perspective? And we go, wow, I mm. get it now. God wants to use this. I got it now. And then, and it's important, I think, Kevin, with the ninth part of healing, which is know your triggers and understand there are things, you know, there are present situations, there are things that can bring back the pain, 
bring back the abuses, bring back the hurt, bring back the flashbacks. And we got to watch out. We got to be careful about that. We don't want any triggers coming back. We want to use that same verse, a, a prudent man or woman, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And again, we looked at that verse uh, last week and we said, now the uh, simple is being the opposite of prudent in this particular uh, case. So uh, prudent would be wise. Prudent would be somebody looking to the future, uh, somebody, you know, making these wise and powerful decisions. And simple in this case would be the opposite of wise or foolish, uh, you know, passing on these things that can really be a blessing to us. So I, I want to remind you that every step along the way of healing is God. We need to realize that God is our healing. And we need to realize what God intended trials, what God intended the terrible things for. And once we get that, once we understand that, once we realize that we can be more in his image, that when we walk out the door, we don't have to be a defeated, sullen, depressed human being. We can walk out that door and be different. And, uh, and folks, that's the God we serve. So know your triggers, know your triggers. You know what I'm saying, Kevin, know what kicks it off and stay away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Triggers are real. This is, this is a really, really important thing. Uh, I didn't understand triggers for a good while. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm sitting in my motor home right now, getting ready to go to Fort bliss, Texas. Glory. yeah, T- 10 hour drive in the middle of Texas, driving 10 hours and I'll still be in Texas. But, um, I remember sitting in the driver's seat and I was reading something or doing something. And a couple of my kids came up and I had had ear surgery. So my ear was pretty sensitive. And two of my kids came up behind me, played a little joke and, and, and you know, made a really loud noise, like inches from one, from one ear, one from the other. And I, you know, it hurts so bad. I mean, it felt like something blew up and I, 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 I got overly angry. I really did. And I had to apologize later because they didn't know, you know, and I'm thinking at first, you knucklehead, you should have known, but, uh, it was a trigger, but you know, the, there's much worse triggers. I, I had a meeting this week. I talking to someone who had really bad combat PTSD. And when he first came home, I mean, this is a guy who had uh, a friend, uh, brother Doug, just blown, blown up. He was, he was still alive, but from, from half of his, from half of his pelvis down, it was good. He was gone. Oh. He was gone. And, um, so he, you know, was trying to comfort this guy. And as he was, you know, talking to the medic on hand, uh, you know, he, he said to the medic, as the guy was being carried to the helicopter, he's like, he's going to make it, isn't he? And the medic said, he'll be dead before he reaches the helicopter. And he was, but you know, I'm just saying real combat stuff. So when he got home, there was a couple triggers, you know, loud noises, obviously is a common big trigger, you know, what, whatever sounds like, or feels like what you went through, that's, that's a trigger that you need to approach very slowly, but he did was not expecting also <clears throat> voices like people, one person on one side of them, one person on the other side of them, talking, just background noises. That's that kind of grow in intensity was a real trigger. And when he got home, he said that there was a time at a restaurant 
where um, his kids were just talking and having a good time. Dad was home. Everything seemed like it was going to be manageable. But all of a sudden, he just slammed his hand onto the table, almost through the table. And um, it was, you know, that was obviously a trigger. And it was, you know, it's it just a reminder to me that, you know, you can't predict what's a trigger. But once you learn them right, you have to avoid them and then you know, there are steps to learn how to approach it and then, you know, revisit and revisit that thing in a, in a safe way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. At all costs, at all costs, stay away from triggers at all costs. Um, you know, go. So best way to say that is this, I was thinking, sometimes I think a little quicker than I speak, but I'm reminded of this little pad booklet. We've all seen them, you know, about two inches wide and three inches high. And the VA actually hands those out and they give you a pen and they say, Hey, every time you feel like you get a flashback to your trauma, every time you stop and you, you know, your breath is taken away. Every time you feel that feel of pain or, or something like that, I want you to stop and I, and I want you to write down what was happening exactly before you felt that. What were you reading? What were you watching? What were you listening to? What did your eyes see? Who you were talking about? I want you to write that all down. I want you to write down everything is what they said. So I carried this little booklet in my pocket. And the strangest thing occurred. I started realizing what was causing my triggers. And I started you know, making a difference. So I found out that I would fill a whole page. And then after about 20 days, I was only putting one line. Ah, oops, I missed this again. And then before you know it, there was no line and there was no triggers. So a prudent man, you know, foresees these things. So this prudent person who's going through these traumas, who are dealing with these things that you got to write them down. You got to say, this is what brought on this trigger. This is what sets it off for me. And sometimes it's, it's places we go, people we hang with, uh, and you know, and if it's not family, if it's, uh, if it's a place you go, we got to look at removing some of those things from our life. We don't need it back. The number one trigger for people, uh, a psychologist told me I sat in his office and, and we were talking one day at length. I was out, I was doing a PTSD seminar and a psychologist was a member of the church and he, he was a college professor and he had a practice, uh, as a psychologist, as a counselor, as a therapist. And, and I, I remember I, I said to him, what's the number one trigger you deal with? And he looked at me and said, undisputed, every psychologist, every therapist, every psychiatrist in this world, we're out in Vegas a few years ago, the smell of alcohol. And so folks, knowing those things that kick things off, because the smell of alcohol is so nefarious in these bars and stuff, you know, so many rapes take place outside of this place, so many fights, so many accidents, so many police coming upon these cars with dead people who've been drinking. So know your triggers so you can stay away from it. It may not be alcohol in your case, but know the trigger, know the trigger. Well, we sure do love you folks, and we're so thankful to be on this journey with you. Make sure you come back with us tomorrow as we continue on. We'll finish up the steps to healing tomorrow there's three left and and then we look forward to having these last two days before christmas after that uh just to share some stuff with you about christmas and god and how great he is but we sure do love you have a great day and we look forward to talking to you real soon may god bless you thank you for listening to our podcast today it is very important to all of us at help for wounded spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.